You're listening to Creating a Universe, a Love Anarchy podcast hosted by William J. Rogers. On this show, we follow the journey of creatives, artists, and entrepreneurs who are making a name for themselves in the ever-evolving landscape of today's industry. Featuring an insight into both Love Anarchy and the Labaniverse music universe, as well as the individual projects and stories of each of our guests from the music industry and beyond. So whether you're a budding creative or simply interested in what goes on behind the scenes, this is the podcast for you. Hello and welcome to Creating Universe. I'm your host, William J. Rogers. And today I am here with singer, songwriter, and the alter ego of Yarima, Mrs. Maria Rogers. How's it going, Maria? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Yes, I'm very, very, very excited to be here today because it's uh, definitely been one of my um, things that I really wanted to do. <laughs> Wonderful, and, yeah. Um, never got around to actually making it, but yeah. Uh huh. It's been a long time coming. I mean, we we were kind of jesting about this. Like, it probably would have been episode two or <laughs> or, or three yeah. or something. But you know, it's been um, slightly impractical. So uh, it's taken us a bit of time to get there. But I'm so happy that we're <laughs> finally doing it. <laughs> yes, likewise. <clears throat> cool. All right. Well. Um, you know how it goes. You've listened to a, uh, a <laughs> yeah. good few of these episodes. So <laughs> would you be able to start just by giving a bit of an overview as to who you are and the various things that you do? <clears throat> yes, certainly. Well, um, as you said, my name is Maria Rogers. Um, and I suppose people who are listening to it knowing that you are William Rogers mm. would probably make a correct assumption um, that we're married. And uh, I am in-house uh, wife, <laughs> uh, uh, but I am actually a musician and singer-songwriter, mm-hmm. and um, so, as you said, Alter Ego of Yarma, this is one of my current uh, projects that's been ongoing, but yeah, otherwise I'm also working on my um, other singer-songwriter uh, stuff that's more pop projects under my own name, and um, as with I suppose a lot of creatives and um, other people who has been on your podcast already. Uh, there's always more and more ideas coming in for new projects, uh, but obviously not all of them uh, get to live to see the day. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, sure. we're gonna talk about it a bit yeah. later on in the episode. For sure, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll get to everything. I mean, you, yeah, I I feel like. As I was trying to come up with the with the title, you know, singer songwriter, etc., I was thinking, what do I actually put here? Because you do so many things. Like you're you're really just like a creative person, right? <laughs> well, you do what you got to do, really. <laughs> <laughs> That's. I it. mean, I yeah. I definitely would have never thought that um, I'd be able to do digital design and graphic design and web design. Yeah. But you know, there's a all the skills that you gain along the way when mm-hmm. you're a self-made musician and uh, you're trying to, as they say, make it in the industry. So, mm-hmm. so you have to multitask. That's, mm-hmm. uh, I think, essential, especially for the current uh, climate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we've we've certainly learned that, and uh, yeah, that's kind of been like what a lot of the trajectory is about, I suppose, diversifying of all sorts of skills. But it is cooler how like. If you're a creative person, learning how to kind of utilize that in all sorts of different ways, you know, it is like, yeah. it can be fulfilling, you know, to find these different outlets. For <clears throat> cool. Yeah. And, um, 
you know, I've always been into uh, just trying things for fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's essential to maintain this approach because um, as well, obviously, because we're, we're sharing life, lives um, and it helps me a lot to see you working and um, the ideas that you have and, you know, all the books that you listen to and I listen to and we share it together. And mm-hmm. um, that's a very big part of uh, the relationship. And um, it's this concept of being open as a child to things. So when you offer a child something, they're curious at first and they want to make a judgment for themselves, whether it's interesting for them or not. Mm-hmm. And if they pick something up and it's of interest, then they will play with it. And I do think that play is so essential, especially uh, for an artist and for any creative person and the thing is that well when I say that it's it's probably um better to define that I mean people from creative fields so artists and uh, musicians and and actors and things like that but um I do believe that every every work every job has a place for creativity in it Mm -hmm. and I do feel like people who succeed most in their careers, whatever the career is, are the ones that uh, have this approach and are able to harness this, you know, curiosity and almost limitless thirst for learning more and playing more with what they have. So, yeah. Absolutely. I think that that's a wonderful topic to to, to discuss. Well, um, yeah, sorry. No, please. Um, yeah. I just, do, I just do feel like when, uh, well, that actually ties in more into my story. But what I wanted to say is, um, when you're young and you come to realization that you really enjoy being a creative in whatever um, direction you want to take it, um, I feel like you, you, you feel really really powerful and driven and it, it gives you this at least very first push of energy to be passionate and start, you know, networking and you know, doing all this like unpaid gigs very, <laughs> very often mm-hmm. at first when you start out and then, but what then keeps it fueling is dedication. And I think it's, it's, um, it's a balance between this, play aspect and mm-hmm. adult aspect that yeah. needs to come in balance because if you're just a child yeah, then sure. he's going to create infinite amount of projects but none of them are going to be successful because again you're just going to play with it for you like 30 seconds and uh-huh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so yeah that's another topic the balance <laughs> i think that's really cool yeah it's it is important to say that as well because i think that yeah it's really great to focus on the playfulness, the, the childlike aspect, that's probably something that people need to be reminded of more, I think. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely about balance. You know, I think we, we've definitely learned that a lot. And I know that I've swung on this pendulum. You and I have both always been like this. Like we have, we're full of ideas, <laughs> yeah. right? Creative people. We want to create loads of different projects, loads of different styles. We get excited. Um, you know, I, I definitely have been guilty of, swinging too far the other way and taking things too seriously and being like, we have to make a business yeah, yeah, yeah. of this. And we do, ultimately, you know, yeah, and, and yeah, that's yeah. good. 
But like, I've definitely just, uh, you know, had to learn the hard way about not pushing that too hard. Because if you lose that child, like us, yeah, yeah, it's all good experience. And I'm sure anybody listening can can tell that um, you have a very positive in, in, influence and impact on on that whole thing. And um, I mean, have really been vital to every, any everything that I've done. We've done pretty much, you know, everything together. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so much it, of it is about this mindset and where you're at in general, you know, in life. Mm-hmm. Like, so much comes from there. Yeah. And um, I definitely feel very lucky to be able to share this with you because mm. um, it's, I, I find it's quite rare. But once you establish a connection like that with, with someone, it could be, you know, for, for others, it could be a friend a sibling, maybe another, you know, creative as well. And um, you, you just come to realize how vital it is to your own, you know, mental health uh-huh. and yeah. uh, for your well-being because sometimes you can get carried away so much that it's really hard to maintain objectivity. Oh, absolutely. And when you have someone else to bounce it off and actually be like, it's all right, like, I'm, am i i'm not crazy am i yeah. right like yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is actually all right <laughs> this idea Definitely, and yeah. uh yeah i have this affirmation with another person it actually helps so much to to find this stability mm-hmm. and i do i do think that and i really feel feel for you know creatives who who struggle with it and who Absolutely, yeah. didn't find their tribe yet and i mean the whole point of love anarchy is to help you find the tribe of people mm-hmm. who are um, also passionate about music or, you know, other forms of art and really want to find like-minded people because mm-hmm. that's just so, 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 so essential. It just can never yeah. be under, underestimated. And, uh, yeah, and I, I, I completely stand by and uh, believe in everything we do. And I do also feel like that's another secret to living a fulfilling life because, it's again, you know, it's the phrase that's been printed on many like, um, you know, canvases that you can buy probably in like a pound land or something <laughs> that like your vibe finds your tribe and, and like things yeah, like that. Yeah. But it's really true. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that's so cool. It's so cool. Yeah. So, uh, he, he, he's a- um, we, we can explore this more for sure. Um, I, I, I think that what I'd like to do is give people a little bit more of a background on, on yourself. Um, like, as people can tell, you know, you, you are a very creative person. You've done all sorts of things. Um, you get involved in all sorts of things. You're very heavily involved in Love Anarchy and all of this stuff. Um, but for you, your trajectory, your, your main focus has always been somewhat based around music right and yeah, um, yeah. I kind of I wanted to take it back to like when you first got into music and you know explore what your trajectory has been individually as a musician and an artist that way yeah sure I'd love to well um, I actually have a classical music background so I started studying piano when I was six mm-hmm. and obviously before that I was kind of just like playing around and, you know, how usually children are just singing and 
and et cetera, et cetera, which is, again, was a really nice thing to witness now <laughs> that yeah. we became parents, uh-huh. um, how, how naturally that actually comes to you yep. as a human. And, and it really makes me think that when is the point where we actually stop doing it? Yeah. This, but it's that, it's that that's, that's a whole other, whole other story. Yeah. But anyway, so, so I, I was always kind of lucky, I think, with the people I met along the way. And uh, so I was in the kindergarten when um, our music teacher noticed that I actually can, you know, hear Peach pretty good mm-hmm. and I can sing. And they would always involve me in one of the main roles in little kiddies plays and um, things like that. And then she talked to my mother and said that um, actually I would suggest that you um, – help her go to music school, like a proper music school. And so basically connection through connection through connection. And uh, I got a place in a quite established music school where it's not just, you know, where you come a few times a week. It was very intense. It was pretty much every day we had some music lessons and, you know, choirs and harmony and stuff like that. So for a long time, my trajectory was actually to go to conservatory after I finish school and um, just have a classic career as a musician um, and I quite liked it when I was a child because I was um, you know traveling to some music competitions and taking part in festivals um, I had an amazing amazing piano teacher and uh, she was an you know absolute uh, I don't know a professional of the level that I can't even describe <laughs> Yeah. In her, in, in, in the way what she was doing. And so she, uh, she really helped me, I, I, I think, shine in that way and mm-hmm. find joy uh, in playing music. And, uh, but then <laughs> I became a teenager and discovered rock music. Yeah. And, uh, Rebel mode, like activate. metal. <laughs> well, I was, I was always like, I, I, I did like pop punk. Pop rock, rock, alternative rock. Mm-hmm. So it was like that area. Oh, it's early 2000s, isn't it? So, yeah, 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 yeah. So everything that was in there. And mind you, we we didn't have separate internet back then. So I I was mostly just listening to music channels and watching like VH1 or MTV. That was my main source of discovering music. And I think I was so thirsty that I was I was ready to give anything ago that had guitars and drums in it literally nice. yeah, so yeah, I just yeah. like listen to anything and then I will decide if I liked it or not and so with that alternative um but I don't know love for uh, music I clearly didn't fit in anymore in the um, classical music world I'd say because I started to like color my nails black and color, <laughs> color my hair black and you yeah, know yeah. uh you know, was wearing all of the spiky, spiky stuff and a lot of <laughs> metallic things and things like that. So, um, yeah, I realized that I actually don't want to go to conservatory and it's not the path for me. And I think I'll be feeling like I'm suffocating if that's just limited to the classical music. So I wasn't prepared to give that part of myself up that was interested in rock music um, in order to have a career that I wasn't even sure I want to have because I think I was obviously quite starry-eyed at that point. And uh, that was actually when I started learning how to play electric guitar. (laughs) 
that was that was kind of like teaching myself some chords and here and there and um so, but because everything else was quite intense my main focus was still a piano uh but nonetheless i actually had a few gigs where i was playing guitar <laughs> well it was a rhythm guitar so that was around the time when i started to to gig was maybe i was maybe 16 and so i was writing my own songs and found um you know guys who were musicians that from the instrument instruments that were missing that I couldn't play and I was so excited it was just the most exciting thing in the world to 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 find this whole other it was it was almost like uh <laughs> traveling to another dimension where all these people were living who were listening to the same music and playing all of these cool instruments to the to the level that uh I wasn't hoping to to play back then and uh, that they were willing to play my songs and go to perform them on stage. That was just the best thing ever. And um, that got me really inspired. So um, so then I, I went to uni. It was also a um, music major program, but it was a lot more flexible. So it contained a lot of different um directions i think so we had like music criticism there you could study this you could study that so it it kind of it didn't have anything in particular as opposed to it just provided a very big overview of uh what direction can you take as a musician already but then during that time i was uh i was always involved in various music projects so it was uh indie indie pop rock later after that and then um dream pop that was shoegaze uh that was that was jumping from one project to another because yeah. the thing is that um as i was discovering different genres of, of music i fell in love with each one of them yeah. and obviously it made me think that oh i really want to make a project now with this genre and then i just like made two three songs and like okay well <laughs> i'm satisfied <laughs> now let's do the next one yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. so yeah and then I um, moved to Germany for around five years and was just continuing to write music um, as a acoustic pop, pretty much. And um, I also had a very briefly experience of working as a booking agent for other bands. And nice. I met a lot of, yeah, I met a lot of uh, really cool people through that. Uh, but again, that that just gave me a realization that even though I was I was pretty good at it, I think, and all of the networking and and um, you know being multilingual certainly helped. And um, I still realized that I don't want to be on the other side of the stage. Yeah. If so, um, that I really have enough to um, that I'd like I'd like to express through music and through lyrics and uh, that I've got lots to give, <laughs> yeah. you can say. Um, and then um, after Germany, I moved to UK, which was a very bold move because I already had quite a few friends there and, you know, life was um, settled. And I just realized that there is sometimes you have these moments in life where you feel such a, strong pull to do something and it's almost becomes your fixation 
that you just you just can't get it out of your head. And that was how it was for me with moving to the to the UK. I mean, I was always quite fascinated with the UK, and um, you know, started uh, learning English quite early on. Uh, for those of you uh, who are listening, I'm actually Russian as a background, and then uh, <laughs> uh, lived in Germany, and now have lived in UK for a bit over five years. So, so it definitely was something that was such a you know it was it was almost unbelievable that I can do it now because it was always the faraway land that you know all the cool stuff is happening there but like mm. who am I just just a mortal girl who's uh, you know grew <laughs> up in, in 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 Russia in nineties yeah uh, to dream of you know going to the UK but you know that's that's how it is once you find that desire that's almost like burning you from within you just find the way to do that and um so i did what i had to do i worked many many low-paid jobs uh just <laughs> yep. to stay in london because the living is ridiculously expensive and it's just keeps on getting higher and higher but it was all worth it i just i just completely i loved every day i was waking up i had to like start my shift i don't know at 7 a.m or whatever at a coffee shop I was like, amazing day because I'm in London. I'm in the UK. Yeah. I live the dream, so it's it's all worth it. And um, so that was this vibration, and and then pretty much soon after we met, <laughs> mm -hmm. and uh, you had guys from Leontes, and uh, if anyone's been listening to that episode, which I also recommend actually, uh, it was it was just at the gig that they had, and we met through uh, other friend of mine and I just was invited to that gig randomly and I randomly came because it was my day off because otherwise I wouldn't have because I was working in the retail at, the, at that time and it was very strict with uh, uh, the shifts that you, that you had to do. So luckily the stars aligned and uh, we met <laughs> and then since then everything changed because um, I've never met anyone like you. And I'm not just saying that because <laughs> I'm your wife. <laughs> I think, I think, I think it's, it's quite objective. And living in three different countries, I think I've met quite a few people. So um, I felt instant connection with you and your ideas. And it was just very inspiring. And I think I was at the point that time in my life where it was it was very difficult for me mentally because the job was becoming very demanding and obviously this royce tinted lenses that i had about living in uk were starting to fade because i realized that i actually didn't have enough time to pursue music um being one of the main reasons why I decided to move to the UK because it has such a grand tradition of um, musicians and music culture. And uh, I was getting very disappointed, I think, with myself first because um, I think it was, I was already 28 at the time. So I almost was heading towards this, like, I don't know, 30 uh, <laughs> years crisis. If, mm -hmm. if um, you believe in something like that, um, where you basically need to count what you've 
managed to achieve in your life so far and what's your trajectory after that so it it kind of hit me that realization that that's it's like you you need to it's either make or break kind of thing the, you need to focus on what's important to you and having some random job where you are completely repl- replaceable it's not something i wanted i wanted really to to be able to make a difference with what i'm doing and um yeah just have a fulfilling life i think as an artist and um luckily that's um what i came to to do now and we've been living this uh artistic lifestyle for <laughs> the last years because you know for for better or for worse i know 2020 brought some uh really big difficulties to some people and uh a lot of people have struggled and um i really feel them but but for us 2020 was an amazing turnaround if anything is when we actually started to develop de- developing everything and uh going with the direction that we're continuing right now so um yeah yeah i'm i'm, I'm just you know very excited to to see where we're going <laughs> so that's so wonderful it's it's so great to to hear you talk about it all it's, it's such a wonderful story and um yeah, you've come come such a long way. Like you mentioned about like growing up in Russia in the nineties and like for anybody that doesn't know, there was there was a lot of hardship after collapse of the Soviet Union and things like that. So, you know, you've really come you know, so far in your in your in yourself and been so determined the whole time and, and so like devoted to your beliefs and your creativity and you know, it's it's just so wonderful and the fact that um, you know, we 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 share so much, I suppose, in common with these ideas about um, creativity and and um, it's yeah, it, it was just all very, uh, it all just seemed very natural. I remember that we when we yeah. met, it it almost felt like I already knew you. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah As you same. say, it just we instantly felt like friends. We were hanging out at a gig. We had some mutual friends, as you said, but like, it just felt kind of like straight away, you know. Like, yeah, it was it was so so wonderful. And, uh, <laughs> very happy about that. Somewhat, um, yeah, somewhat biased for uh, for an episode, but yeah, and, um, yeah, <laughs> gotta but, be done. <laughs> very, very awesome, very special, and and mm. yeah, it's it's so cool um, the trajectory that you had up until that point. Um, mm. From that point, like. Yeah, it was certainly quite a ride. I mean, it's not been without challenges. Like you said about us living this artistic life. It's wonderful. Absolutely. Like we're living the dream in a way, like as you've put it. But like, it's definitely not as simple as that. <laughs> right? No, like, of course not. We've, we've Nothing is. Yeah. Well. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, I mean, um, you know, um, go on, go on. <laughs> No, just just uh, just wanted to mention that um, I'm going to talk about uh, the 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 creation of Yarima in in a bit oh, as well. Oh, we'll get to, to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah, because I wanted to tie it in with the with the whole um, story. <laughs> yeah, well, I I suppose that's it. I just I think that you kind of took it to a point that was quite a nice uh, takeoff, which is you know your story up until there. 
So just to kind of read, you know, to um, connect those, I think I think that um, we we met at that time, yeah. uh, and we were both in a similar position. We were living in London. You know, anybody that doesn't know about London, I mean, like, yeah, you had to work all the time at like, yeah, some low grade job just to try and get by on ridiculously expensive rent and, and all of that. Yeah. Definitely helped when we got together and we got a place together yeah. because then we could split it. <laughs> Somewhat brings it down, but it was still crazy and still both of us had to just spend almost all our time working, you know, yeah. just jobs that, as you say, like anybody could do them really. As as artists, creators, it's no disrespect to anybody that does that, but for us, it's it feels kind of soul crushing, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so it's so good that we had each other. That definitely inspired us to like believe in the fact that we can do something better. But like we managed that for a while. You know, we moved in yeah. together in 2018, and as you said, 2020 things really started to kick off. And I think that's because we had this feeling, right, that we needed to make a shift. And then when mm. stuff started to get weird, <laughs> you know, like this notion of, of COVID and, and all of that and lockdowns and stuff, I just remember thinking, we can't get stuck here, you know, in, yeah, like, in, yeah. our, in our, you know, London apartment or whatever. Like, we have to make a jump. And so it was a pretty big move. Like, we really kind of jumped off the deep end and were like, let's just ditch everything go all in and we're gonna like go full in on music and we're gonna make a business that is going to you know adhere to our values and help other people as well and succeed and we're gonna like move country and <laughs> do do whatever <laughs> and so it's been quite then, a wild yeah. ride so i mean what 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 would be your uh telling of of the uh, trajectory from from this point uh, well, <laughs> as you say, it actually made me finally realize. Um, um, so I have this friend whom I've been in, in a band with when I first founded my own band when I was like 16. Uh, he's a guitar player. Um, and uh, so each time, because we, we kept in contact up until now. And, you know, I support him and he's uh, always supporting uh, my things that I do. And then... Um, I remember after moving to London, uh, we had a, a, a call, like literally in the first few days, I was renting uh, a bed in the hostel because I really needed to find um, uh, some work and uh, I didn't have any place to live. And so I called him and I was like, yeah, I've just, you know, I just decided to just take a jump into the unknown. And he was like, you know, I think your whole life is pretty much jumping <laughs> to the unknown. Yeah. They keep on jumping. Yeah. Sounds about right. <laughs> so, like you always end up better off. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. And I, I do feel like that's an inevitable part of being an artist. You just have to do it. Have to do it. Obviously, hopefully not to the extent that's going to be too extreme yeah. or, or, you know, um, dangerous for you. But there is always this pushing through your comfort zone and the comfort yeah. zone keeps on getting like the bigger and bigger as you push it more and more and so it's like up in the ante all the time um but i do feel like that's an important part to remember because some days you might feel like oh i just i just want you know normal 
life and I, I want to be comfortable with where I am, which is absolutely normal to desire that. But then you need to remember, like, why are you here and why are you doing what you're doing? Surely it's not for comfort. You know, there's always need to be a bigger aim. And this is the, like reminding yourself of, of why, <laughs> why you're here and doing this is is so essential and i think so trajectory from 2020 for us have been a constant reminder to ourselves that there is a, a bigger picture there there is a, a goal and and mind you I, I feel like it is you know it's it's quite challenging when both both of us are you know quite emotional and creative and um we'll have our own you know, issues as, as anyone else. And uh, it's, it's like the communication is so essential with this. And um, I can definitely say that it's been a wonderful spiritual growth as well as personal growth since then and since we started this journey. And um, um, obviously we had a lot of ideas that we started off with and now we're not where we begin and I also think that that's okay like I learned to respect the process and to let go of things that I had expectations for um I actually remember now always if I if I find myself having expectations about something um I I literally saw this very short reel from some writer who won Eurovision last well, he didn't uh, make you like yeah, yeah, second. second year last year. Yeah. But anyway, um, that he said that he always believed that expectation is a limitation. And I completely agree with this because you never know what's in store for you. And you shouldn't limit yourself by thinking that, oh, you want things to be this certain way. Yeah. And, you know, you by doing so you just completely cover yourself off of all other possibilities and uh and uh obviously it's much easier to think that you're in control of things but actually you can control a pretty little part very little <laughs> and the re yeah. the rest you just kind of need to let go and um if it's gonna if it's gonna end up as how you think it would then great because then it means that you've managed to, um, you know, be so objective with everything that you do that uh, it was exactly like that. But I find more often than not, things are turning out very differently. Yeah. And um, I think that was definitely the lesson we've learned, you could say the hard way, <laughs> 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 by um, setting things and then, changing things and then you have to yep. tweak in them, tweak in them, tweak in them, tweak in them. And yep. uh, that takes it. And then you just like, oh, I'm just going to scrap it all now. So, uh, cause I'm not happy. It's not working anymore. And um, maybe that's not what it, even I'm supposed to do at all. So, so yeah. And um, so to come back to Yarim, that I wanted to talk about, yeah. that was actually quite, quite an interesting um, project for me because it's it's almost like a slow burner now. Yeah. And I never had such a project because I'd always want to have very clean cuts. So like, oh, I finished with that project. I'm moving on to the next one. I'm setting everything right. up for that new project. 
And because, um, like, I have no energy to keep in mind all the rest that I was doing and have no energy to, to give it to. And um, with the RMA, it's very different because, again, it's an alter ego. So it's it's set in a, in Levanaverse, um, and which means that this character is just there. So whether I'm releasing music or not releasing music, it's yeah. just the character yeah, the, that's there. The is doing her thing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 because it's part of a bigger context. And I think that what's very helpful is that this is not the central story. This is just part of many, many, many stories that can live and coexist um, in Levanaverse. And I think that's the beauty of the project because anyone can come in and uh, create this character and they don't don't have to manage it 24-7 and then feel, you know, that they've given it everything and why it's not working. And uh, you can just have fun with it. And you can even, you know, pick any topic that you want and um, make your character in a certain way, make music in a certain way. And it's just fun. And I think that's what, what's really important. Again, coming back to the message from the beginning of the podcast is just enjoyment of uh, being creative and um, that you don't have to take it so seriously, really. Because, because again, um, you can just create and if, you know, if it gets, I don't know, 40,000 streams or what, then great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it doesn't have to. Uh, so, so my approach with Yarima was, um, obviously it was, it was quite different, but I really enjoy this project and um, I'm, I'm really happy to have it on a slow burner whilst, you know, I do other things I'm occupied with, uh, being a mother and uh, having other things that I'm um, interested in too, and obviously just maintaining life and uh, household as well, uh, which is just part of normal normal living. Mm-hmm. And um, and I know that I can come back to it when when I feel the desire to, and um, that'd be great. So um, yeah, I was always fascinated with um, Far East and the culture and. Um, that's why I thought that I would like to include that as my theme and uh, explore these topics and, you know, style music in that way that would express it. And, um, yeah, I think we've done a great job. So for anyone who doesn't know, uh, it was just two of us who produced the entire album. And um, I wrote most of the song except for two from the album. And... Uh, yeah, you produced everything <laughs> and good, yeah, uh, wrote, wrote all the stuff. And we just banged it out. It was like, mm. what, two and a half months that we finished it. Excuse and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, I think, I think we had, we had uh, an amazing experience with that one. It was almost like also the first baby. <laughs> yes. That we made musically. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, you were pregnant when... You recorded. All I was actually recording when when I was pregnant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, relatively early stages of the pregnancy, but yeah. as you say, it was almost like the first uh, first first step on the way. And I mean, for for context, like you originally came up with the concept of Yarima um, in 2019, I think, when we were still in. London. Yeah, when we still live in, in London. Yeah, I remember you were actually recording Brain Helmet, 
Um, oh, cool. One of the sessions because we set up this uh, tiny, tiny homemade home um, studio, studio in our apartment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I would have bands there. Super hot because we couldn't open the windows because it was so loud by the main On road. On the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we and- we plugged the windows. Yeah. <laughs> we plugged. We had to make really dense foam plugs, and they were very effective. But they made the place so hot and stuffy. It was crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. especially yeah in summer that was just unbearable sometimes. It, it was. But yeah, <laughs> that that was the the first experience. And um, yeah, I remember you were recording Brain Helmet there because you were just studying the um, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and um, they were staying for overnight. Well, it was very late at night. I, I'm not, I don't even remember if they stayed overnight. We had like a little couch there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember I remember being in a in the other room. And at that time, again, we did have day jobs and I had just like standard uh, job in the city. And, yeah. um, and I decided to use the weekends to start writing something. And I still have this recording on my phone because I didn't have any setup for interface on the laptop where I could record it. I was literally just playing on a digital piano where you can just record in the piano yeah, <laughs> and then yeah. transfer it as a MIDI to the computer later. And um, and I, I wrote We Are Here, which was the first single for Yarema. Mm. It actually came, funnily enough, that's a little Easter egg for any listeners of Yarema who are enjoying this podcast, that I wrote it off the back of uh, finishing the entire Game of Thrones in two and a half weeks. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> true. We had a massive, well, you had a massive binge because the last yeah. season was coming out and I'd watched it all. So yeah. when you binged <laughs> yeah, you, the entire you were like, thing. You were like, yeah. we, we have to watch the last season. I was like, I have no idea what happened to the other ones. Well, you know, just get to your it. Yeah. Yeah, get Bit to of it. an anticlimax in the end yeah. of the last season, but it was quite a ride binging uh, yeah, the yeah. whole show. So there you go. Yeah, that was clearly the inspiration. <laughs> or played into yes. it. Yeah, yeah. So it definitely inspired me to to write and um, to create this kind of um, more medieval-ish mm-hmm. sound because the original track, it was uh, very stripped back. It was actually quite new agey. And again, yeah, if anybody uh, doesn't know, who, it wasn't metal at the start. Yeah, yeah, it didn't have any guitars or anything. I literally just programmed everything. Like there was a harp and some like flutes and some whatever, whatever. Um, and it was like very nice music to listen to, re- relax, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I remember uh, it was a couple of months down the line and we had this conversation and uh, you were telling me how you know, I think we can actually make it sound amazing if we add some guitars and metal, metal guitars and drums. Yeah. And um, I was like, yeah, let's give it a go. And I think that was the sound of Yarmo created pretty much. And then we were uh, playing with vocals and layering it in various different ways. And um, that was quite a creative process. Yeah. And then we released that track initially and um, I even um, made a video for it uh, with the help of my uh, good friend who's a photographer, uh, Margarita. Hi, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, so I, I, as I mentioned, I was always quite lucky with people I met along the way. So, um, yeah. 
it was a, a very interesting experience. I've never had uh, any video footage done before for any of my, of my projects like that. And uh, I quite enjoyed it. And um, it's actually still out there on YouTube. So um, if anyone wants to check out, it's on Levaniverse channel. And um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was really just a photo shoot. And it kind of almost, it yeah, wasn't planned yeah, to turn yeah. into a video. Yeah. It was just like, well, we're here. We might as well. Yeah, we are here. Yeah, we are here. Uh, to- <laughs> might as well <laughs> record some video video song, clips. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, and it worked. Yeah. yeah and cool. um, yeah, and then I just started to write some drafts after that. And but it was it was almost like I didn't I didn't really know what I want to do with that project. And uh, I just really enjoyed um, the aesthetic and the, you know the sound. But then um, it all just played in very well in the context of Levaniverse. And then it, you know, almost, you know, breathing new life into that project because it all started to make sense. And it's, and I had an aim to, to go for and, you know, write the backstory and uh, develop the look further. So, so by the time we released second, um, second single, which was Follow Me, uh, which we released whilst uh, trying to, again, transition from just living in London, working day jobs and doing a bit of creative jobs on the side to fully doing creative jobs and um, setting up a business. And uh, so that would, for me, always remain this transitional time. And, mm-hmm. you know, in a way, it's actually quite interesting because subconsciously, you know, will you follow me is kind of almost the the dream asking you like, will you follow me? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's for you to decide really. There's no, no one's going to tell you what you should do really with it. And so we decided to follow it after that and, um, you know, studied music marketing and uh, it was quite intense time. I think where we really went on full on for it and then, uh, into the first album and yeah that was an amazing experience and I, I definitely think that that wouldn't have happened without you like I, I, I literally probably wouldn't have had any full albums out it probably would have been some singles here and there but it's almost uh, helped to consolidate what needed to to be there for it to take shape or start to take shape and um, and then obviously Flavoners followed um, after that uh, with an album as well. And uh, that helped it make things very real. Mm-hmm. So before it was just, you know, you have an idea and um, yeah, you do this and that, uh, you know, publish some pretty pictures or graphics and things like that. But like, what's like, what are we doing here really? And this whole campaign with the strings of fate made it so real and something that none of us um, have done before. And we've learned so much from that experience and uh, we gained so many skills again with all of the things that we had to do just between two of us. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I can, I can definitely um, say that I'm infinitely grateful for for that experience and for anyone really who who you know entrusted us with 
um, supporting our business through projects like Yarima. And, you know, there is quite a following there uh, on Instagram and on Facebook. And I remember obviously before uh, having our baby boy, uh, I was a lot more <laughs> active. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, communicating with uh, people. And I've met some wonderful people from pretty much all over the world. And, um, yeah, it's it's just amazing to see for yourself how music can connect you with people who, who feel it in the same way. It's like when, they, when I imagine them listening to what we produce and they, you know, you don't have to really talk to them because they... It's almost they had a glimpse into your soul through your music. Yeah. And they liked it. If they liked it and they want to hear more and they reach out to you to say that they really appreciated it and they, they liked it. And that's an amazing feeling because you, you feel like you made a difference for someone. Mm-hmm. And I remember having this this message on Facebook from um I actually don't 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 remember his name unfortunately, but it was about follow me because it's actually the song about um, that I wrote inspired by uh, war songs and it's well it's actually um, uh, about war <laughs> obviously yeah. in the context of Evala but you know um, yeah like follow me into battle type thing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah is a warrior it's all about right? the context <laughs> <laughs> and he said that this song really resonates with him so much because he was. Uh, involved in in some military operation and you know the feelings that he felt whilst he was there were so well expressed in that song that he hadn't find anything quite like it before and uh yeah that moment i realized that wow at least you know i know now i made a difference at least for that person with my music and i think for an artist this is so vital to have this affirmation back at you because you know, you can't create just art that's existing in a vacuum. Like, who's the, who's this for? You know, if you're, I really truly believe that you uh, is um, you're a vessel for um, you know channeling messages that can come through you, or music, or you know um, anything that's involved with what we're talking about music in this context. So, so what you put out there is really important, but it's not really yours. And yeah. you never should take it that, well, it's all mine. Like, I've done it. I'm so amazing. And stuff. <laughs> yeah. I really believe that if you put out something out there, then it's for someone else who needs, who really need, needed it, you know? And it's almost like the way you, you can help someone with your craft you know, in the same way how you come or used to come, I suppose, to um, to a certain person for for your needs. So, for example, you go to a farmer to get, you know, meat and milk or whatever. You go to a shoemaker to get your shoes done. And so they provide this for you. And so I think an artist makes that for um, for your emotional state. And that's why... You know, some things resonate with you, some some things don't, and um, and yeah, it's um, it's a beautiful, beautiful connection and process, I think, because 
I might not, um, I might not even know people who have checked out my music or listened to my music, but in a way, um, we are forever connected through that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, that's so awesome. Yeah, it's nourishment for the soul, right? <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. You you put it you put it so well, and I think the I think you're right. Yarima did actually resonate with. It was really wonderful to see, as you said, that was a very new experience for both of us. Especially the strings of fate, like everything came so naturally. Like yeah. we we had those first couple of singles, as you said. We started after we got into this place. Um we started making a new one and we made Here They Come. And then we put that into an EP. And as you said, we were studying music marketing, so we needed something to sell. We we had the EP. But then we were like if we really want to have something that we need an album, so we're like, okay, let's just put our heads down and like make an album. We'll just make that our primary focus. And it yeah. was, it was, it was a cool process. Like it happened so naturally and so easily. Like you said about Flavoners, and that album was released later that year. But that album took years <laughs> to make. Yeah, yeah. That was my <laughs> band that I was in for years and years, like the whole time before we even met. And it was a kind of frustrated process in a way. But Strings of Fate and Yarima was just kind of opposite. Like it just, mm. it just happened. We were just really flowing with it. And, and yeah, was, I mean, you, you really drove it in terms of like, yeah, you wrote the songs pretty much. And I remember we would literally be across the hall from each other. Like yeah, we are, yeah, yeah. We are like right now. now. Yeah, <laughs> which is kind of funny. But, um, you know, you'd be there on the piano and... It's writing the the melody and the and, and the harmony, uh, basically the essence of a song, and then was just giving those to me, and then I'm just listening to it. I'm like, okay, cool. Start arranging it. Start thinking of some drums and some guitars. And you basically did your thing. Gave it to me. I did yeah. my thing. <laughs> and that was pretty much it. And then we just listened yeah. to it. Like, what do we think? Oh, maybe tweak this. Maybe tweak that. Cool. That one's good. Mm-hmm. Move on to the next one. Next one, yeah. And it just, it was so smooth. And I think that, you know, that, I mean, that album from everything we've done so far is by far <laughs> performed the best, you know, because I think it really yeah. connected with people. I think because, partly because of the process being like that, but also because your authenticity and everything that you're putting across here, like that really came through with the Aaron. Mm. And I remember again, for me, trying to think about everything or whatever, or overthink it or whatever. It was always complicated. How do we have characters and also, <laughs> like, be authentic, you know? Yeah. And I always struggled with it. But for you, I think you just struck a chord. And even though you were playing a character, as it were, Yarima, you know, we it was all this direct-to-fan marketing. It was largely through the email mm. list and things like that. And I think that you were able to just, like, really come across to... to these people in a way that, as you say, you know, it really resonated with them and they would write to you, you know, respond to emails or send you messages that telling you how the music impacted them or helped them. And yeah, that was, that was an amazing experience. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, it was very insightful. And uh, well, as you say, I think um, it's very important to remain authentic and, you know, obviously, I think I can speak for most of the artists. It would be really great if you can make a good living with your art and what you do. And, uh, you know, it is a long way there for some. For some, it happens quicker, obviously. 
Uh, but I think the majority is, uh, you know, it's a long and winding road. <laughs> but you should never put money as a priority in that. And because, again, I think it's the soul, it's kind of soul crushing in, in a way. Um, I, well, I suppose you can, you can try and do that for some time, but it shouldn't become your default. And um, it's important to always come back to what you're actually passionate about and what you enjoy doing. And so with Yarima, I really, I was, yeah, it was, um, it was a pure joy really to, to write all those songs and they all came very naturally. And I remember literally writing one a day, at least I think it was a couple of days for a a few. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, then we'll just like, see if uh, we liked it and we we literally kept kept all of them so much, yeah i remember thinking that we'll keep writing and we'll see but everything just worked <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah it was really seamless uh, and, yeah and with all the lyrics as, as well they came quite naturally through because um i'm i'm very into you know philosophy of life and um higher purpose and you know, dignity and everything that can be connected to this, you know, archetype of uh, a warrior, uh, a monk, I don't know, uh, someone who's dedicated to the cause for for a greater good for others. And so it it all came very naturally. And I do believe in those things regardless, whether it's in Yarama context or not. And I do think that especially for the collective and for having fulfillment in your life in uh, deeper meaning, this is what, you know, people really need to strive for because uh, it's not really about you. You can never be happy if all your focus is on, on yourself. So. Yeah, it's fantastic. And I think that that's that thing, of, as you say, it's like, you can write it all in story and metaphor, but there's always something deeper there. And universal topics—they are called universal for a reason. And uh, yeah, I may not sing about you know heartbreaks or uh, you know troubled relationship or some things like that. Well, not, but I do yeah, feel like there's not, there's not specifically in the context of your own life. No, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, it was a bit of like. It was such a large character and I felt like it would be not not fitting. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I can reserve stuff like that that's more out of this world for my personal projects. So, yeah. For sure. And and obviously, like, as you say, for Yama fans and stuff that listen to it, like, they can follow the trajectory. We recorded the album, we released it, we pushed it you were super awesome connecting with the fans and that was a top priority it was all authentic i was writing all the emails and i was messaging everyone so yeah so yeah Yeah, (laughs) it was not like robots or anything (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so you really you really pushed that for a while and then obviously lots of people more recently have been like you know where did Yarima go? It's not posting so much and like not sending these emails and blah 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 and yeah, obviously, if you've been listening, <laughs> you know, you, you you can line up the timeline and realize that at some point there, towards the end of the year, obviously, <laughs> obviously had a baby and 
became a mom and that shifted things quite a lot. And and obviously, as you say, that kind of has put Yarima somewhat in this position that you kind of spoke about at the beginning of speaking about Yarima, mm. where, you know, it's um, Yarima's still existing, do, doing her thing. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have some Yarima material and things that we've played around with and full intentions to play around with more. And we really appreciate the support of people there, right? But obviously yeah, yeah, uh, obviously, things have shifted and, you, and your priority has not been on the project so much since uh, since this particular, particularly large <laughs> life event. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's uh, It's been very transformative and uh i don't think you're you're completely ready for it even when you think you're ready it's it's so much larger than anything you would have thought that you just have to give in and um you know everything else is it just needs to wait because uh that becomes um an important well essential thing really and uh your main priority so yeah, and um, the the rest will still be there when I get back to it, so that's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, ab- absolutely. I mean, it was for sure. It changes things like in general, and I mean, as you say, it's kind of been constant learning this whole time. Mm. But we've but we've definitely had some big shifts, and that was a particularly big shift that puts things in perspective because we. We both have always been like super into music, super passionate about that, our business, which we were clearly really focused on. But after having a baby, like, and like really having a family there now, it's like, as you say, becomes by far the most important thing. Mm. And it kind of shifts the perspective of everything because everything else is still important, you know, but, you know, this is the core of life. And then (laughs) everything else almost becomes extra, you know. And I think that actually that, has helped us a lot, right? Mm. To have that sense it, well, of perspective. It, it, I think it made us, um, well, obviously we, we both went from being each our own person into mm-hmm. parents as a team. Mm-hmm. So it, we really need to learn, uh, well, we have learned how to be more efficient and um, both with our time and with each other. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it, it's definitely an amazing uh, experience. And like, um, like I don't know, it, it cannot be compared to anything else really. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it does give you clarity because you know what's really important and what you know, it's just not, not really worth your time and energy and yeah. especially worry. So this, this whole thing of that, you need to just worry less. That's, um, that's what you learn and what I constantly still keep on learning through motherhood <laughs> because, you know, it's been, um, but now almost one and a half years, but uh, I just know now that I would have told my old self back then like one and a half years ago that I should just worry a lot less yeah. because it's, it's all fine. You don't have to, you know, kind of uh, wear yourself out with, with worry. Exactly. It's, it's valuable it's, it's time and energy. <laughs> yeah. 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 It never changes anything only. Um, yeah. It takes away from you. So. Yeah. And I think it kind of goes into this topic in general about, um, 
you know, taking risks, like you said, is kind of part of being an artist or, or, and slash, or an entrepreneur and, and whatnot. It's all about risk taking. And yeah, it's like, it's, it can seem so scary to make that jump to, to, to do whatever it is. Like, um, our mind and our psyche is, it can do crazy things. Like it can literally feel as if, you know, we're jumping into some fiery pit of doom, you know, but, but it, yeah, in general, it's not, it's, 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 it tends to be okay, you know, and, and that's what we've learned yeah. is that there's sometimes where things are got stressful and it's like, how are we going to survive? How are we going to like make money? How are we going to manage all of these things? And we just do. And, and as you say that you just learn that um, there's no point wasting all that time and energy worrying about it. <laughs> You're better off yeah, using yeah. that time and energy productively so you can just keep doing better. Like, yeah. <laughs> for sure. It's been a big lesson. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, know, I feel like the, um, the things that you believe in define your day-to-day -day life a lot. So if you're worried and you're in that place where you feel lack of things and lack of this and that, and, and uh, it's only going to multiply. And uh, the same is true for the other way around. The more fulfilled you feel on a daily basis, the more it's going to multiply. Yeah. So I, I feel like, Again, being an artist, I've definitely been through the stages where you try and harness drama for the sake of drama just to yeah. to justify your creativity because like oh you know <laughs> we've, we, you know we've learned that that nothing um, like true art can only be made from suffering, you know things like that yeah. and like all those artists who died being so poor and uh yep, and what, artists and yeah their, 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 their desperation <laughs> made them amazing and stuff like that so i feel like well th that's great i mean <laughs> i can't really say i'm happy for them even because you know yeah. they've they've made all these pieces of art or you know amazing music that we enjoy now like century or a couple of centuries after they've gone Mm -hmm. and uh you know they had nothing for it <laughs> yeah and uh they don't get any royalties for it or anything like that yeah. so i think our current landscape is actually allowing you a lot more to uh enjoy your way as an artist mm -hmm. and i think that's what you need to focus on is if if you decided to be an artist then you should never expect that it's all just going to be you know uh unicorns and rainbows and that you all you're gonna do is just spend your days, uh, you know, t tinkering the instruments or whatever, yeah. um, or trying to push through some writing blockage. Uh, it's like tip of the iceberg. What you actually do with your art. That's why you need to learn to be super efficient with your time. It's like you know you have this time slot where it's dedicated time for your mu music writing. Yeah. And you just do it in that time, whatever it is, whatever the idea comes, yeah. it doesn't matter because you're here for the process and not for the outcome. And uh, you just build it as a muscle and then you do other things that you have to do to, to function and to maintain your, your life and uh, you know, your connections and things like that. 
And that's also part of life. So you don't have to, you know, look away yourself and work on this amazing masterpiece for 20 years. Nobody's going to care about it because your, yeah, <laughs> your, your main um, treasure really now is in the people who care about you and who you care about. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I, I just feel like when you, when you focus is outside, then uh, whatever you do is, you know, it has more meaning. And, um, yeah, I do, feel, I, I do feel like it's going to ease the load, a mental load as well as an artist, and this feeling of not being there where you wanted to be or where you imagined yourself to be. Uh, it's going to make it so much easier because, you know, you can stay more detached while still continuing doing what you love. And, um, yeah, that's what, that was definitely one of the very big lessons. And, um, uh, you know, clarity is a very important thing to, to have and uh, to master as an artist. Clarity of uh, what you're doing, when you're doing and uh, why you're doing it, who you're doing it for, who you're doing it with. <laughs> so um, yeah, this 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 questions need to be answered, and then there's nothing nothing left to you know be struggling about after that. Um, and I do feel like that's already shifting. I think I think we're already moving into this place where um, you know more healthy life, more healthy mental state and um just being balanced throughout your um uh, i don't even know how to say it anyway so like being just throughout all your areas areas Mm -hmm. of your life being Mm -hmm. just balanced is a lot more valued now than just being this amazing tortured artist that Mm -hmm. everyone just um finds so mysterious and attractive and mm-hmm. things like that so yeah it, yeah it 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 usually can be left for you know tv series or movies and stuff <laughs> you can enjoy you can enjoy that and you know even project yourself if you'd like but yeah. you know real real healthy life is far from that so yeah yeah i love that as you know you know we we talk about that and <laughs> I think it's a, it's another kind of uh, factor in a way of Levanavas to almost be deliberately like that because I yeah. think a lot of us fall into that trap when we're younger. And I know for sure I definitely romanticized being a tortured artist and all of that, you know. Mm. Like, yeah, you can look at, I don't know, 27 Club people or these yeah, tragic yeah, yeah. idols. It's all so romantic, you know, and, and wonderful. And um, But it ultimately is a rather ego-led endeavor to aspire to be like that, you know, and ultimately, especially just more and more as you mature, like I, I I just echo what you say there, which is the real aspiration is like make great art or be great at whatever you want to be. But like, if you, you know, the ultimate aspiration is to really be able to do it all, you know, to, to be balanced in, in, in those aspects of life and to be able to maintain like, you know, to be healthy in your person and your relationships and, and all of these things, you know, and also be accomplished in your career. That's truly aspirational for me. Mm. And I, I really admire people that 
that are able to achieve that because it's actually a lot mm. more difficult than just it is yeah <laughs> you know, it's it's kind of in a way it's almost a bit easy to kind of flake and like be like oh I'm good at this so I don't have to try everything else you know? so it's kind of yeah it's kind of the ultimate aspiration and as you say I think it's right that that is given as more of a uh, role model to aspire to mm. Yeah. So, <laughs> I I uh, I love speaking about all the more philosophical things. Like uh, you're, yeah, you're, you're, you're putting everything across so well. I, I it, it's awesome. Oh, thank you. Um, I I I, I maybe just uh, to kind of get it into a little bit more of a um, question about you and your music again. Mm. Um, I'm interested in uh. I think that you you have a lot of great skills, but perhaps one of the stronger skills that I would say you have is as a songwriter. Um, mm -hmm. And you write really great songs, really great melodic songs typically, and you know you have a real knack, I think, for um, for for creating just you know not just like. A, pop for the sake of pop, I suppose, you know, um, but, but nicely like melodic songs mm -hmm. that, you know, that have that kind of flow to them. And it's always seemed to come rather natural to you. I'm, I'm, I'm interested in what your process is as a songwriter and also how that might vary over different projects. Yeah. I actually remember having that conversation with you like around three years ago <laughs> and I was I was trying to write something more edgy because you were always listening to so much prog and I was like <laughs> well I kind of like it but I don't I don't know if I'm really you know able to to mimic that because mm. that's the, that's the part of you know being curiosity and feeding your I suppose in a child with that yeah. is playing different things not being restricted to a certain genre and uh, so I was trying to play around with it and it always comes up this with this melodic poppy things yeah and i just like i give up like it's literally yeah. just what i do yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, then yeah. I, and then i came to you and i was like you know i tried to, to write this and that but it always comes out so just like the standard pop melody and uh and you said that oh like i, I actually really envy you because i i really tried to simplify things and actually <laughs> made a make a melody yeah. And I always end up with this prog part where it just goes <laughs> for eight minutes and I can't do anything. Else. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> grass is greener on the other side. There you go. So, yeah. So, yeah. Um, but I suppose that's why it worked pretty well for us to work together on Yarima because yeah. I, I just brought melodic bit and you could just <laughs> yes. make the rest of the arrangement. Uh -huh. um, but yeah, I, do, I didn't actually know what it is. I've always been into... I always liked pop music, but it was mostly uh, Western-influenced music or, well, European even more, I would say. Um, especially, I think my parents were quite a big influence on me, and especially my dad, because um, I remember he had quite a few vinyls that were um, always, you know, very fascinating. He, ha he had... Uh, I remember sometimes on Sundays he would turn on Aha, for example, we had that vinyl. Nice. And uh, so it, it was, I think it was just slowly ingraining in my, in my brain. And I always liked, you know, Eurovision and uh, things like that. So uh, there is, there, there was definitely um, 
like you can never un- underestimate what influences you as a child that mm. you take into your so, adulthood, especially as a creative. So, uh, so I think in that instance, that was inevitable. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Then also in my teenage years, I was really into pop punk and, uh, you know, pop rock and things that were kind of more edgy, but still very commercially successful and on the radio and TV. And I always liked that type of music. I don't know what was it about it. Um, You know, how usually in uh, Bias, uh, we've watched Finn McKenzie's videos, like, uh, in, especially in uh, a lot of alternative and mental communities, you have this gatekeeping aspect where, oh, you became too mainstream. We don't like you now, so so like <laughs> you're bye bye. Oh, you're not true anymore. Yeah. And um, and I, I I do get it, you know, um, because alternative means alternative is not mainstream. So, but but then I always like this idea of being really successful as a musician uh, by releasing that music that, you know, resonates with people like me, for example. So obviously I was projecting myself a lot on, on my, you know, heroes, as I suppose a lot of um, people in, in that age would do. And, um, and yeah, that, so that was very helpful because when I tr- started writing my songs, uh, I started writing in English pretty much straight away when I was 14. And um, again, because most of the music I was listening to was in English. And um, yeah, it just naturally happened. So after I started writing it, they started to come out melodic straight away. So it was just a question of dressing them up or down kind of with instruments. And um, I definitely can say that for a long time, I wasn't really happy with the way I was writing songs. It was always... I always felt like they need to be more complicated and more uh, mature in that way, I think. But I had, you know, multiple occasions of the feedback saying how my songs get stuck in the head, like pretty much straight away after you, yeah. you heard it once and you, you remember the melody. So I, you know, came, came to terms with it and learned how to appreciate the songwriting and, uh, and definitely, yeah, it's been uh, it's been wonderful to be able to just uh, express myself in that way. And I I feel like I would like to experiment more with. Um, I don't really like the word commercial, but I guess you can you can say, you can say a commercial pop mm-hmm. um, or more pop rock or things like that. So because as you say, there is this natural knack of feeling for. Uh, how melody flows, maybe writing a lyrical hook that is um, also grabbing attention. So, yeah, who knows? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I'd, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that I'm sure that you will. There's always experimentation going on, but yeah, I think that there is a line there because, as you say, it comes very natural to you this style. And I would say I can't speak for them all, but you know pop punk bands or ones like that that you mentioned that are very commercially successful. I think that they're just doing what's authentic to them as well, you know? And Mm. I think that there's a line where it becomes cynical and it, and it becomes Mm. more like, I'm not really doing what's authentic to me. I'm just trying to make music that's commercial. 
that's, yeah. that's like a, another step of, a, of the line. And I think there are people like that. In fact, probably mm. most of the pop songs on the charts are written by, or the ones that are written by like 13 writers. Yeah. Who is it authentic to exactly, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Who, how, how could it be? So it's, it's authentic to the algorithm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but and it, yeah, and it works. I guess it clicks buttons in people. And as you say, it's an algorithmic approach. And I think that, yeah, that's different. That's a, that's a mm. different ball game. And again, not, not necessarily any shade on it either, because that's, you know, a science that people do yeah, it has well a place. in. There's absolutely a place for it. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. But there is a line between like when you say that you'd like to potentially experiment with a more kind of commercial pop sound, it's because it's because you could do that authentically well, I think, rather than mm. wanting to become one of these sort of professional team songwriters that's making music in an algorithmic way. Yeah, that I do feel like um, I mean, it would be really interesting to see how what what process are they going through, mm -hmm. because I do feel like. When you get to that level of music production, um, I think they 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 probably just intuitively um, know these things already. As as I said, like with with uh, melody writing, for example, it comes just because I've been listening to loads and loads and loads of pop music when I was growing up. So imagine someone who's been immersed into into that for for many years. And I do feel like your subconscious just kind of just gives, um, you know, this, it's almost like a cooking recipe. They just like come together for chef masterclass and they just like cook a song together. Yeah. And each one of them just drops something in the, in the pot. And mm. then it just like, woof, and uh, it becomes cool. an amazing massive hit. So, yes. so I, I definitely I like would be, yeah, I definitely would like to think um, that it's not just purely for, for the game or for, you know, they had an order from a massive label for this particular singer or whatever to make the song um, get back like all the investment that they've done in it's like tenfolds, a hundredfolds, rather than it's almost like an um, experimenting laboratory kind of mm -hmm. where obviously they know what they're capable of and that pretty much every every song that they produce has this, you know, star quality kind of to it. But I've, I've, I definitely like to think that there is uh, creativity involved in that. And yeah. Um, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I certainly like that, uh, that take and that way of thinking about it. I suppose it goes into the, the fact that I mentioned cynicism and the fact that people may be cynical about this and potentially people actually doing this may be cynical about it. But I like the fact that you've essentially taken an optimistic view on it. And it's a, uh, it's a preferential way, I think, to view it. And I, and I think and like to hope that that probably is actually the way it is for, for most people. Cool. Mm. Well, because um, the, there still needs to be, it needs to resonate with people enough so they want to listen to it. So it can't be just, you know, cynically uh, calculated because it, it doesn't have any energy charge in that way. I mean, again, you can, you can project what you'd like to do. And again, when, when there's such a high level of production, 
um, the song is very anticipated and mm. um, they have so many tools and channels to, to put it through, to promote it, to make an amazing video for it. So it's, it's just whole other level of support and um, being a professional. So I feel like you, you would have to witness it for yourself to really make a judgment. And uh, yeah, I, I honestly can say that I would really love to, to witness that someday, even like as a workshop or whatever. I think that yeah. would be very interesting. So. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. We, we'll have to find one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe next time we're visiting Sweden because uh, obviously uh-huh. they're ahead of the entire world in, in, in that, that field. So, yeah. Absolutely. Actually, uh, you know, you know before, before moving to UK, I was playing with the idea to actually move to Sweden to, to study for production. It was one uh, of the things, but, but then I was like, mm, not really sure. Cause obviously then you say, you know, language barrier and Scandinavia is so expensive as well. So yeah. and, it's um, awesome. Yeah. I love, yeah. I love Sweden. I mean, I, I don't know if we sp- explicitly mentioned it, but we, it was part of our jump was we tried, like we were brief, very briefly in Sweden. Yeah. You know, just for a summer. And, and, and it was really cool because we were in like a log cabin in, Stockholm Archipelago. Yeah, in Archipelago, yeah. It was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. And that's, I remember when you were talking about Follow Me, because I remember actually finishing that the production of that song in that log cabin. In the cabin, yeah. And, and we released it there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was, that, that was quite a difference because you have this whole, you know, um, heavy metal guitars and uh, things and this whole topic on like, uh, you know creatures who come to war and like you have to fight yeah, them yeah. and then you just like go okay i'm just gonna go for a nice uh you know walk in the, in, in the pine nature, woods where the, lake. the sun shines on you the birds yeah. are singing and you go to this crystal clear water yeah. <laughs> so yeah yeah it, that, yeah, that was true. very rejuvenating yeah and um yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. you know it was it was absolutely wonderful and again we would just kind of went from one extreme to the other being locked down in a in a uh, like small apartment in London to being like, let's go to <laughs> the opposite extreme. Yeah. And in the end, we ended up sort of compromising somewhere and we came back to the UK. Obviously, it's, you know, we were settled here to some degree, but, you know, in the north and, and yeah, kind of, it, it's a nice place in between, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, it, it, it worked for us and it served as a, uh, as our base, as a grounds, you know, to yeah. to rise from, really. And mm. um, yeah, I feel like it was a bit a bit too detached in Sweden because we yeah. just had like a couple of suitcases and and like laptops and stuff, yes. yeah. and that was pretty much it. So it was very minimalistic. I had and, one guitar, and, and yeah, do you but, do you remember my guitar case? Like I had the guitar in it. It was the seven string, yeah, and my yeah, guitar yeah. case was completely packed full of underwear that I rolled. Oh, all of my, oh my God. all of my underwear, <laughs> all my socks and my pants were rolled up that's and tucked cool. into the all guitar, yeah, yeah, yeah. so I could maximize the uh, the space. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I had the laptop, no, and, yeah, and I picked up experience. picked up some monitors off like a random dude on, I don't know, Facebook Marketplace or something. And, managed to mix the song with that. And I remember thinking like, I hope this mix is actually good because like, I have no idea <laughs> what, what this, the environment of this cabin is like and all sorts. But, but we managed. And as you say, it was a cool experience. 
Yeah. Yeah, it was um yeah, it was a great jump. <laughs> I want I want to just like quickly touch then on um you know, we've spoken a lot about music and obviously music is such a big thing. And and all of these topics that that go into it. Um I know you have a lot of interests, but perhaps share maybe like what some of them are what other things you're interested in what other things make you tick things that you think about and yeah all that stuff yeah well um yeah for for a long time now i've been really into uh yoga and spirituality and meditation that, that aspect of things and uh uh, that that definitely stayed with me throughout my twenties and uh, into my thirties now, and um, I'm very passionate about it. So um, again, I've um, actually started a new project uh, that's coming along together, and probably soon I'm gonna uh, make an announcement about it. But yeah, it's going to involve uh, immersive stories, uh, which are not exactly like meditations, but they they can help you to uh, you know, relax and um, gain more perspective, kind of what you would expect from meditation to, you know, help you focus more. And um, it's going to also involve uh, fantasy music, but just instrumental one. And um, it's all going to come out together. It's going to be called Inside a Fairy Tale. <laughs> because, again, one of the things that I'm really into is the, the whole... Uh, fairy tale aesthetic but in this more more darker way kind of and um yeah i've been honestly i've been always into visuals and uh you know studied fashion and uh fashion symbology as well which is you know all of the topic as well um but i think it's very important again as an artist to have a vision not only for what you want to do musically but also how you want to um, express yourself visually because it's um, it just gives you such a boost of well confidence and it helps uh, your listeners to find more value in what you do because if it's you know presented attractively if it has um, a, a very clear idea and and uh, and a message and um, and visuals, I guess. Uh, then it becomes like a full package, and um, it's part of the art. Ultimately, it, it it becomes an experience. And I think again, as an artist, you need to provide experience rather than you know just separate random things that people would have to spend time making uh, sense of. So we we live in an era where everyone's just competing for for each other's time, and you know sometimes you can even go by days without replying to even your close friends because you just you just literally can't find the time on, or energy when you when you want to do that because you have this this and this and that and you need to attend to all those other things and you're constantly bombarded with new information and more information and you have this whole fear of missing out because you want to check this out and that out and so not to spread yourself short so I think it's it's actually being respectful to your listener um it you need to think through 
how most effectively to present uh, the art that you do so that they don't have to, you know, be puzzled on what is, uh, what is this really like? Uh, and yeah. <laughs> because as again, uh, Lee McHenry likes to say, you confuse, you lose. Yeah. And I do, I do, I do really believe that. So, yeah. yeah. In fact, but, um, sometimes I even like, I, I come to check out the project that I really liked aesthetics of in the first place. So I've been, for example, I'm just like scrolling through the feed and then I advertise some artists and I really don't have time to go to Spotify right now and to listen to their music or even like turn on the sound on, on the ad or whatever. Yeah. But I save it because I liked the look of it and I can see that everything is being thought through and, you know, the visuals and, you know, fonts and colors and everything are really appealing to me. So I'm going to get back to it later. I, I, and I actually do. Like, I actually do get back later and check out things. And I can't really say that it's always, always good. <laughs> Sometimes it's actually underwhelming. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. Oh, not really too sure, but okay, it's good to know. But sometimes you do find things that match perfectly visuals with what they present musically. And then yeah. these ones I, you know, press save, press play, and they stay in my playlist. So, so that's, that's really important. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, so visual, visual art really is, um, yeah, is, is ultimately a big interest of yours, right? And I think also yeah. a, a big uh, ability of, of because you, um, as you demonstrate here, you clearly think about that a lot. You notice this about uh, about things a lot. We talk about it a lot, you know. And I mean, you've at least at you know until this point of you speaking, like you practically yourself done all the visuals on like Love Anarchy, Love Anniverse. and and I think as you said, you send about like fonts and styles, and and you said about fashion. There, there's all these different things to it that ultimately play into the into the one kind of main thing of having this interest in visuals because like yeah. you you didn't mention I, I don't think but like you also have been like pretty into photography and stuff from quite a young yeah, age yeah 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 that's yeah that's true <laughs> yeah well, that's, a, that's a pretty yeah, good yeah. you know it's a big skill of yours I, I would say that you're a very good photographer oh thank you um, it's it's always really difficult to to judge for yourself because yeah. you you go down down that rabbit hole of like oh my camera is not good enough and um, uh, you yeah. know you know like seeing other photographers like oh wow like it's really creative and I'm mm. I'm like really stiff with what I do but yeah I'll ultimately it was um, it was a good enough skill and again I started off just enjoying having a camera and offering uh, to take you know, photos of friends and then uh, would take them to the gigs where other bands were playing as well, or I would be playing it too. And uh, so it kind of natural, naturally became one of the things that I enjoy doing. And um, and again, as as uh, Wana mentioned on uh, one of the early episodes from oh, Art Night, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, that um, once you you become a creative like that, like you, it, you find it easier to express yourself in other different fields. Yeah. So, like for her, she does art also, as well as mm -hmm. making music and writing songs. And I do agree because 
I, I think you can just move from one thing to the other if you have the same mentality about um, your creativity. Is that just something you enjoy in the moment? And uh, you can just play around. And um, who knows? You might find that you're really into cooking, for example. Uh, or, creative, um, absolutely. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And uh, you can find that you're really into um, like sewing and creating amazing costumes. The thing is that you would never know that you're into it unless you try. So I think the well, one of the greatest advances for um, kids and growing up is to just try things. And uh, when you feel that spark that you feel like you can do that all night without sleeping and, you know, you don't want to do anything else, yeah. then that probably shows that this is something you um, will probably can enjoy for the rest of your life. And um, yeah, that you need to follow that. So, Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it, it <laughs> kind of, it loops back into ex this point again, where we started, which is, you know, just to, to play and, and to, if you can, if you can get out of your head and into that flow you know and you can and you can play around and experiment and try different things and then find the things that really go into that you know, then yeah that's a direction for life that's actually quite interesting because um that very um naturally i think allies is a reference to this uh cartoon anim animated film that we've seen recently called soul yeah. Yeah, yeah, and um, it's about essentially. Yeah, we can definitely definitely recommend that to anyone who hadn't seen it. But yeah, um, I really liked that that um, presentation that they had. That you go in when you're in that zone, you just being transported to this realm yeah. where you're not in the physical world anymore. Yeah. And I really liked that they didn't just show musicians there or artists there were loads of different people doing whatever they were doing yeah and um which means that it's accessible to anyone yeah and um yeah you just you just all you need to do is to really do what you love and you're passionate about and um that's just going to get you there so yeah it's, a, it's such a good note um you know i'm 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 just conscious now of the fact that we yeah, could, we, we could to... talk. Yeah, we're, we're going to have to wrap up because we could talk yeah, about yeah. this, you know, all day. And luckily, we live together and we can. <laughs> just, yeah. uh, just everybody else won't be able to hear it. But I think that we have managed to capture some really wonderful things here. Um, is there anything else in particular that you want to make sure that we get in there? Before we wrap up? Um, no, as you say, I think I think we've covered a lot and I do hope that um, this episode is going to be uh, insightful for for some and uh, yeah hope you enjoy <laughs> and such a pleasure to to speak to you like uh, this and finally have you on the podcast because absolutely the pleasure <laughs> is mine <laughs> wonderful okay it's well, been wonderful yeah thank you so much I'll, I'll see you in a minute <laughs> I'll see you, see you in a minute <laughs> thank you for listening to this episode of creating universe Special thanks to Maria for joining me. It was such a pleasure to finally get to record this one. You can check out Maria's website at mariarogers.co.uk 
or find her on Instagram at Maria Rogers Music. Of course, you can find Yarima at lavanaverse.com forward slash Yarima and on socials at la.yarima. Links will be in the show notes. That's all for this one. I'll see you next time.